Well, get ready, get your dive suit on, get your equipment, because today we are going deep with gems. We spoke about it in the last podcast, and today we spend the entire podcast speaking with Isaac from the Gems Regulator in Canberra about what this means for you. If you don't know, if you're not sure how this affects you and your role within industry, uh, then today's show is definitely for you. Hope you're ready, set, splash. Haywood's 1.85 horsepower TriStar VS Pump is built to last even under the most demanding conditions. Super quiet in operation with easy to customise speeds, countdown timers and priming time. It even shows real-time power consumption in watts for immediate feedback to maximise those energy savings. It's designed for simple installation. TriStar variable speed pumps can also operate in standalone mode or connect to the Haywood OmniLogic automation system for seamless control. Visit haywoodpool.com.au for details. That's haywood-pool.com au today. Well, I am joined today on the Splash podcast uh, by Isaac Gravelin. Isaac, I'm going to let you do a little bit of an introduction of yourself because we've got some important things to talk about today, don't we, Isaac? No, we certainly do. Look, um, I am Isaac and I'm part of the energy rating team. Um, we help administer the energy rating scheme, which I suppose is Australia's Appliance Energy Efficiency Program. In particular, my team kind of communicates with suppliers to understand and meet their obligations in terms of making sure consumers have energy-efficient appliances and the information they need to them. Yeah, it's really important. Our industry has been a uh, a part of uh, a new process that came in on October 1. Those of you who listen to my podcast will know that October 1 uh, was a hard date uh, for some new uh, things coming into our industry that we need to comply with. Isaac's going to share a little bit more around that. Essentially, the acronym is GEMS. Isaac, tell us a bit about what GEMS is and why uh, you know why that's so important, a rundown of the energy rating scheme, I suppose. Yeah, not a problem. Um, so GEMS stands for Greenhouse and Energy Minimum Standards. Uh, it's the name of the, the law that we operate under, and that's Australia's National Appliance Energy Efficiency Law. Um, but look, I generally prefer to call it just the energy rating scheme. It makes yeah. a little bit more sense to people. Um, and essentially, this is a multi-government scheme. Um, so it's the Australian government working with states and territories, working with the New Zealand government, working with industry um, to improve the energy efficiency of appliances across Australia. Yeah, very um, good. Not only does that you know, reduce energy use for consumers, um, it reduces energy use across the grid. And it lowers emissions, um, so it's really a win-win. I've been going through a lot of the notes. You've provided a lot of information that we'll go through. We've got up on our Sparza website. I noticed the industry body has that up. Our Splash brand also has links through to that information uh, that our listeners can find. We're looking at like these minimum energy performance standards uh, and labelling as well. Um, tell us a little bit about those sort of those standards, those labels, and then I guess we can get into some of the detail about what those new requirements will be. So they're the two things that the, the GEMS program or the energy rating scheme operates through. So we set minimum energy performance standards, and they're essentially what they are, um, what they say they are on the tin. They set the minimum performance requirements for appliances. Um, so removing low-performing products from the Australian market so that people out there can be confident that the product they've got isn't going to cost them too much money and it's going to be energy efficient. That's actually really important to who we are as an industry, just to speak to my industry, is we, we all want a process of continual improvement, and that's what this 
that's what this is doing, removing lower performing products to create a higher average efficiency across the products that we provide as an industry to consumer, right? Absolutely. Um, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit later on, but what we've seen throughout this process is that industry have been on board as well. They really want to make sure that Australians have energy-efficient products and they're constantly improving what they're providing out to people. Um, and so we've been more than happy to work with them on that. Now, the outworking of this at the end of the day for our industry and consumer and the measurement of it all comes down to a label, right? Absolutely. And that's what people recognise. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that label. Why? What are we looking for on that label? So people have probably seen the label before on things like fridges, dishwashers, and now it's going to be on pool pumps. And essentially, it shows the energy efficiency of an appliance. It shows a number of stars, and it also has a big number on it, which is the annual energy consumption. So essentially, the more stars on the label, the less uh, electricity uh, or energy that product is going to use. And so obviously, this supports consumers to buy those products that will use less energy and save them money on their energy bills. The only thing that's important to note here is when you're looking at the stars, um, the size of the product really matters. So make sure that you're comparing similar products because obviously a, a three-star pool pump, you know, that's designed for a really big pool is going to use more energy than a three-star pool pump that's designed for a smaller pool. Look, this has been delivered in, in conjunction with, with industry as well here. Uh, you've got to work across a lot of stakeholders. Tell me about what, what you and your team actually have, have done. What's the role there, Isaac? Oh, look, we've done a, a lot of work with industry and stakeholders. From designing the program, um, we spent quite a long time working with industry, working with stakeholders to get a program that everybody's happy with that ensures Australians can get energy-efficient pool pumps. Um, all the way through to where we are now, which is working with, I suppose, suppliers of pool pumps, uh, retailers to understand what the new requirements are, how they meet them, and then working with consumers to understand how this can support them to buy a, a more energy efficient product. Yeah, if you've ever wondered, dear listener, what a uh, peak industry body like Sparza does, it's things like this to represent, advocate and work on behalf of, of the best interests of industry and consumer with departments in government who sometimes seem like grey men and uh, faceless names and so forth, but they're not. They're real people doing a real job on behalf of consumers and improving uh, industry. So, Isaac, you and your team are those people who have been working with our industry with Sparza. Tell us a little bit about that process. That didn't happen overnight. It's been quite a long process. Oh, look, it's certainly been a long process, but it's been important to get this one right. So we've gone through a long process. We started with a voluntary program that we worked with a range of different industry groups to see what could work in terms of labelling pool pumps. And then we went through an extensive design process with, with industry and stakeholders, including Sparza, to, I suppose, design the new requirements agree how energy efficiency of pool pumps should be measured and then how that should be rolled out. So essentially, we had a number of working groups. We, we met with a whole bunch of, I suppose, technical boffins and, and sat down and figured out what these things should be. Um, and that's been really a joint process between us, between industry, and that includes important groups like Spaza. Making chlorinators is what we do at AIS. This laser focus has brought us recognition as a global leader, winning countless international and national awards. Our technology is operating in over 55 countries worldwide. Our claims are backed by university research and data. Our customer testimonials prove the value of our technology's benefits, ease of operation, reliability and service. 
Find out how your customers can benefit from our 30 years of innovation and excellence at aiswater.com.au today. There is a process. It has been agreed with. It did start October 1st this year. What, is, what does that actually mean? You know, pool pumps have now got to be registered to meet minimum performance requirements and display that label. Yeah, that's it essentially. Um, so there's three things from 1st of October. Yep. Pool pumps must be registered if they're covered by the program. It's important to note that not all pool pumps are covered, um, but those that make up the majority of the market and the majority of energy use by consumers are covered. And then those registered pumps have to meet those minimum energy performance requirements that I was talking about before. Just on that registration, let's to be really clear, that's a registration by the manufacturer's uh, that need to be registered, or is it by a retailer or by a consumer when they buy a pump have to register that pump with a department somewhere? Uh, yeah, so this is typically your your manufacturers or your importers, um, and this isn't on a I suppose per physical product basis. Um, this is per I suppose model type. Um, so you register your type of pool pump once, and then everyone who has a, a version of that is fine. If you are a manufacturer, a retailer, or a builder, we're going to get a little more specific as this conversation goes on. Isaac, sorry, keep telling us those, those three things that it comes down to. Registration? Yeah, so registration, your minimum energy performance requirements. So as part of the registration process, you'll submit some evidence um, based on uh, Australian testing standards to demonstrate that your product is actually doing what you're claiming that it is. And then the final thing is that um, based on that information you've submitted, you have to display a label uh, on your pool pumps when they're for sale. So that will show your star rating, your energy consumption, and all that's backed up by, a, I suppose, a, an accredited testing process. The onus for registration is on those who are distributing a particular product in Australia, be it OEM uh, or, or so mm-hmm. forth that you mentioned before, um, with the ultimate goal really here being to reduce the energy impact of our, our pumps on a pool. I suppose it'll save money for pool owners as well. Going through this process, we did quite a lot of research. Um, and one of the things we found was that for people who actually own a pool, they can be one of the largest users of electricity with pool pumps making up around 18% of your electricity bill. So going out there and picking up a slightly more efficient pool pump, um, each additional star compared to a similar size pool pump could save you approximately 20% on your running costs. Yeah, that's quite an incredible saving there when you consider the impact of a pool pump. And of course, we uh, we do want to be a responsible industry and responsible pool owners as well, helping consumers get the most out of their pool uh, in the least impact possible. There's going to be some impact of these over time. What are what are some of the forward estimates that you see over over time and savings and so forth? So when we um, initially did our modelling, we estimated that these changes over an 11-year period would save the economy a total of $530 million. Um, and so that's not a small amount. We also estimated that it would reduce greenhouse gas emissions by around 1.86 million tonnes of carbon dioxide, which is about the same as taking 65,000 cars off the road during the same period. So it's not small. Fantastic. I love it. It means I can keep my two cars on the road thanks to this program. So I appreciate that, Isaac. What's the process so far or how much engagement have you had from industry so far, Isaac? Has it been good? Yeah, we've worked really closely um, with industry. We've obviously worked with Sparza. We've gone out through Sparza. We've had a webinar through Sparza. But we've also worked uh, with individual suppliers, manufacturers, retailers to help them 
make sure they're meeting the requirements. So we've now got about 180 pool pumps registered under the scheme as of this week, um, which we're, we're pretty happy with. What products are covered from October 1 looking forward? And I suppose as we break that down, I promised our manufacturers who probably are more aware of this than anyone else in our industry, they've had direct conversations with you and your team, Isaac. Um, But also I'd really like to drill down to our retailers, our service techs, our builders as well who are selling and installing new pumps every day. I think everybody in the chain is really important, but particularly the retailers and and the builders because they're the people that are interacting, I suppose, the most with those people who are getting pools installed. Um, But in terms of your first question around what uh, actually are covered, um, this is going to get a little bit technical, but I'll, I'll lay it out for you. Let's go. So they have to be a single phase pool pump yep. designed for a spa pool or a pool of over 600 litres capacity. The pool pump has to be capable of a flow rate of above 120 litres per minute. Yep. And the pool pump has to have an input power of between 600 and 1700 watts if it's a single speed pump yep. or if it's a two speed multi or variable, variable speed pump, yep. it has to be between 600 and 3,450 watts. Yeah, well, look, that framework there, those parameters will impact every single one of our listeners here. So it is very important, listeners, for this next bit as to, well, how does this now go ahead and affect you? If you're confused at all, we'll cover this later, but there's always information on our website or you can contact us. Um, But if you are a manufacturer or an importer, what you need to do, you need to test your pool pumps that are within those ranges, within those definitions, and then get them registered. And so you can do that through our website. Um, And you also need to ensure uh, that your pool pumps have a label to be displayed if they're then going to be sold in store down the line. I assume that label's got to comply with a a, a standardised look and feel, a template? The format and the content of the label is actually set under our legislation. And when you register your product, it'll be automatically generated for you um, based on what you've registered your product details as. Very good. Makes it nice and easy for our industry and easy for a consumer to uh, know and understand those labels as well. As you said, I think we're all familiar with them when we buy a fridge or a dishwasher or a washing machine, et cetera, Isaac. And uh, what about our retailers? Include our builders and service techs too, by the way. So for all of those people, you have to make sure that the products you're selling are registered. Um, You can check this with your supplier or you can check on our website where we maintain a database of all currently registered pool pumps. And then the other thing you have to do, if you are selling pool pumps within a a retail premises, you have to make sure they're displayed with a label correctly. Mm. And so this means it can't be hidden, it can't be covered, it can't be damaged. Um, But if you need a new label, talk to your manufacturer and they should be able to uh, supply that to you. Luidra is proud to bring you MagnaPool, the world's best and only true mineral pool system, providing the very best in water comfort and clarity. MagnaPool is also beneficial to the environment thanks to its unique no-salt formula. Partnered with the all-new Hydroxinator IQ, showcasing innovative features giving you control over scheduling, pump speed, boost and low mode, heaters, lights, pH and chlorine. All this via Wi-Fi connectivity from your smartphone. Smart sensors and ultra-long life cell ensures MagnaPool owners save time, save energy and save money. Find out more by going to MagnaPool today. All right, we're going to have to talk about the C word. It's not a word that we talk about probably often enough. Compliance. This is a, a new thing. We do need as an industry to comply with it. So what does everybody need to look out for to make sure that they're on the right side of compliance? There's a range of different ways that we support compliance with the scheme. 
And we take what we call a risk-based approach. And this essentially means that where people are trying to do the right thing, where they are trying to comply, we'll support you through education, getting you on the track to meeting the requirements. Um, But where we find people that are intentionally not complying, that's where we can use the full force of the options available to us. Well, I hope that's none of our people. I'm sure it won't be. What are what are some of those non-compliance, I suppose, levers that you can pull? Yeah, there's a whole range of different, um, I suppose, levers that we have. So under our legislation, um, we can suspend or cancel the registration of a pool pump in Australia, um, and that means it can't be sold anymore. Um, but we also have a range of, I suppose, civil and criminal options um, from enforceable undertakings, infringement notices, uh, injunctions, civil penalty orders. Um, I'm sure none of the listeners of this would uh, be subject to those sorts of things, but it is important that they're they're in our tool bag uh, and where people are doing the wrong thing intentionally, um, we do have them and we will use them. Yeah, so essentially the message is do the right thing. If you're not sure what the right thing is, reach out for help, Sparza, Splash, and, of course, directly uh, to to your people. So let's talk about that. How do people get in touch with you, particularly either about their own questions but also if they see something that they think is non-compliant, Isaac? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few different ways you can get in touch with us. Um, if you go onto our website, um, there will be links to get in touch with us, but I'll give the email addresses out now for those right. who of you that have a pen. So you can contact uh, my team at um, energyratingatindustry.gov.au um, for any questions you have. Um, but if you've got any compliance-specific questions or you've mm-hmm. noticed someone that you think might be doing the wrong thing, you can send an email into compliance at gems, so that's G-E-M-S dot gov dot A-U. And if you can provide as much information as possible when you are yeah. when you are sending those things in, that would be very useful. We might ask for more information, yep. um, but the one thing we won't do um, with compliance matters is we won't provide subsequent updates on where we're at in the process because it is a legal process that we can't, I suppose, go outside until it's finished. That's good clarification. To our listeners, our industry, more information is available, as mentioned, on the website energyrating.gov.au. That is energyrating.gov.au. Do get on, have a look. Uh, Do get on splashmagazine.com.au and have a look. On that energyrating.gov.au, I see that there is a dedicated product page for pool pumps. And we've worked with industry, including Sparza, to get a whole range of information on there. There's fact sheets, brochures, a recording of a webinar we held um, with Sparza members. And it also includes pretty much everything you need to know about registering pool pumps, including what needs to be registered and how to interpret the label. You've certainly been out there and the message has been sort of brewing and uh, going out public for a little while now. Uh, You had your team on the floor at our Splash Trade Expo back in August now. That seems almost like a lifetime ago. Uh, Things are moving so quickly. Uh, But there's plenty of places to reach out. There's additional information I see on labels, icons, MEPs, um, you know, all the rules for for all of us involved, Isaac. It's It's all covered. If there's anything that you can't find or you don't think is covered, we encourage you to reach out to us. Um, We're there to help people understand what this means for them um, and we'll give you whatever help we can. Isaac, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the call. Thank you for the work with industry for making sure that you are communicating with us so that we can comply um, on that journey of compliance as well. 
uh, as we as we do move forward. But October 1, listeners, has come and gone. Uh, it is time to act. If you want more information, well, it's all there. It'll be in the show notes as well. Uh, Isaac, thank you for joining us today. No, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, I hope you found that as enjoyable and as important as I certainly did for uh, the changes that are happening around the place at the moment regarding the GEMS star rating. Uh, A useful tool to help us be compliant with, but to create a singular message, uh, a point for consumers who are more and more interested uh, in energy efficiency as well, particularly as it looks like energy prices are going to continue to skyrocket uh, at the moment uh, in this country. That might be a whole nother discussion coming up in the weeks and months ahead. In fact, I'm sure it will be uh, as things like ESG, environmental social governance, become more familiar to us as a part of our uh, industry vernacular and we discuss ways as individual businesses and as a a wider group uh, representing uh, Paul and Spa uh, to best come up with solutions around ESG and to be ahead of the curve. Uh, Thank you for joining us again on the Splash Podcast today and we will see you out there sometime very soon. 